Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about the worst weight loss goal that you can have is to only focus on your weight, right? Now I know this always sound kind of counterintuitive, but I'm telling you, if the only thing you care about, if your only goal is to get to a number or a size, uh, I can almost guarantee that you probably will never achieve it. And even if you achieve it, you probably won't last there long because your real goal is not to just get to a number or a size. It's gotta be more than that. So the diet industry has conditioned us to think about our weight loss motivation as an external thing, right? Think about it. Every weight loss ad you've seen in your life, and you've seen millions of them, is a before and after picture of someone. And so in your mind, the way that you interpret weight loss is you primarily think about is I wanna look better. I wanna be a certain weight. But we need to understand that's not enough. Okay, this is one of the core reasons you're not motivated enough to get the results you want in the first place is that you haven't given the goal enough meaning. And so if you only focus on a number on a scale or a size close, what you're doing is you're almost like you're disembodying the goal, right? It's just this disconnected, disassociated goal that's just a number because you're not gonna live a number. What you're going to live is your emotions and how you feel. And so we give the goal more context and meaning by explaining it in a deeper way. So yes, how you look can absolutely be part of it, but it's not enough. What we wanna get to is we wanna say, I wanna be X amount of pounds so that, right? And this is where the magic starts coming, so that I feel more confident, so that I feel healthier, so that I have more energy, so I have more stamina, so I have more flexibility, um, so I feel better about myself, so that I can be more successful in my work, so I can be more, more relaxed and calm and at peace mentally so that I can be have better relationships with my children and my partner. So you see what I'm saying? Like we need to give it more meaning. You think it already has a lot of meaning because all you do is think about, I just want to look better. I just want to lose the weight. I want to look better. I want to look better. And you think that should be enough to motivate you, but you've got to look at the results you're getting. And if the results you're getting are none, if you're not losing any weight and haven't for a long time, you've got to upgrade your goal. You've got to make it more meaningful. And it's not a hard thing to do because what you're putting in your mouth consistently and how you're living, the exact things that are affecting your weight are also the primary things that are going to affect how long that you live in your quality of life while you're here. So it is not a big leap to find way more motivation with your weight, okay? But you gotta stop thinking just superficially and just, I just wanna look better. Again, that can be a small piece of it, but unless you're a model or your career or a lot of your life revolves around your weight, it's not gonna be enough motivation. So you've gotta draw the value out by focusing on what am I going to get out of being at my goal weight beyond just looking a certain way. And what it comes down to is who you're going to be. You know, I, again, I, I feel like you should take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. Make this a process about personal development. Make this a process about being the best version of you that you can possibly be. One aspect of that is your weight, but it's not the only thing. Okay, and once you start thinking of it this way, and it's true by the way, but once you start thinking about it, now all of a sudden there's a lot more motivation there than just hitting some disembodied number on a scale. Because just because you hit a number on a scale doesn't mean you're going to be happy necessarily. If you're miserable um, starving yourself and depriving yourself to get to a low weight, that weight is not gonna make up for how shitty it feels. Right? So it's time for you to accept that and recognize it and start creating a goal that's much more robust and well-rounded and specific to all the benefits you're going to get out of it, not just the visual one, okay? But how you're going to feel, how you're gonna live, who you're going to be. 
right? So it's not a hard thing to do, but we're just trained to not do it by the diet industry. And so you need to intentionally take a little bit of time and start really thinking, what are the real reasons I want to make this happen? And it's got to go deeper than just skin deep, right? We need to get to the core reasons, the emotional reasons, the quality of life reasons that are really going to motivate you. And once you start doing that, I think you're going to find that you're much more motivated and the results come much, much easier. So take some time and think about this. And I hope this helps you out. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. Um, get into them here on a Friday. Friday, what is it? Third Friday of the month already. January is almost over. Holy moly. So I hope everyone's doing well with their weight loss if that's your goal. See here, make sure I didn't miss any. Thank you, Gina, for all the likes. Always appreciate the likes, folks. Um, yeah, so here we are on a Friday and, uh, and start a little bit late. This whole week's been a little off for me, so I'm kind of getting the, f trying to wrap it up strong here, but yeah, it's been an off week. Everything's just been a little off. I changed my computer, changed a bunch of stuff around, so everything's like just a, a little off. So everything takes me a little bit longer than it needs to. And um, anyways, it's a chain reaction of, <laughs> it's been a not a productive week. Um, H-Bomb says, any advice on food noise? I feel like I eat enough, but I'm always thinking about food. Uh, yeah, all day long, um, I'll talk about food noise because as I say, you know, that's going to be the phrase of the year. You're going to have food noise coming out your ears um, by the end of this year because that's what they're selling the Ozempics and the semaglutides with. Um, so yeah, I've been studying food noise for 30 years. Okay. What is food noise? Uh, basically food noise is the internal, right? You have an internal dialogue. We got to start there. Um, and so we, we start with, we start with the internal dialogue that you're talking to yourself all the time, constantly. Do you know that, right? You got a voice in your head and you're constantly talking to yourself and what you're saying to yourself has a huge impact on your behaviors and the results you ultimately get. Well, so one of the main things you're saying to yourself is, oh, I can't wait to eat the, I can't wait to have some potato chips. Oh, I'm going to have some ice cream later. I'm going to have this. I'm going to have this. And you're constantly wrapped up in what you're going to eat. I've been there. That's where I started from. My whole, the first 20 years of my life, everything was food, right? I'm, I'm Greek on top of being in America. Everything was food. And my whole day, my whole week was based around food and TV. <laughs> so I'd look at the TV guide. I kind of plan it out what shows I was going to watch. All I did all day was think about which foods I was going to eat. And I was eating all day long. And all I did was think about food. And so, you know, do you need a medicine to deal, get a handle on the food noise? You don't. Okay, you got to put some work in, but you do not need medicine to deal with the food noise. Um, yes, that's a side effect this apparently has um, for some people. But again, it's only while you're taking the medicine. So um, I know you weren't even asking about a Zempic, but so how do we get a handle on the food noise? Well, in order to get a handle on the food noise, you got to get a handle on your mind. You have got to learn how to influence and I don't want to say control, but influence and guide your mind. Right now, um, your mind is just running amok. You don't even have no control over it. And we live in an environment where you're constantly being conditioned to have lots of food noise. I mean, you are literally seeing thousands, literally thousands of ads a day for food. You're getting thousands of cues, right? Cues in the environment, seeing a McDonald's arches, um, seeing, you know, the, the, the logos for all the different foods. You walk into a store, you know, you're seeing thousands of foods just walking through the store and they're all triggering you to think about these foods. So we live in a noisy environment, right? And so how do we get control over this? Again, it comes down to getting control over your mind. And I believe that the only path to long-term successful weight mastery, um, and let me just back up a little bit more. My goal for people is not for you to lose weight. 
I don't give a shit about weight loss because weight loss is typically temporary. No one seems to have the answer. How do we create long-term weight loss? <laughs> but no one's thinking about the, the, everyone's asking the wrong thing. Why is it so hard to, to lose weight? And I'm asking the question, how can you live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot? And there's where our paths diverge. And so my whole focus in life is how can I p help people live at their goal weight for the rest of their lives on near autopilot? And the only way that I've ever seen is that you have got to take control of your mindset and you have to do it. I started off as just straight hypnosis where I would hypnotize people and yes, hypnosis sessions and me hypnotizing someone can work for a little bit. But again, the, the first problem comes back in that we live in a very noisy environment. And so it's constantly conditioning you. And so you can't rely on a hypnosis session or someone else doing something to you. You have got to learn how to influence your own brain. You've got to learn how to do that, I think. What's up, Vicky? Um, if you're going, if you're going to, get control of your weight. I, I don't see any other way than other getting control of your mind because what you're saying to yourself all day and night, what you're whispering to yourself in the background is driving all of your behaviors and your behaviors are obviously driving your weight. So the, the, to get control of the food noise, we first have to get control of our minds and that is a process. So I'm going to say, instead of going into it too deeply here, is I'm gonna encourage you to go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session I give you, but most importantly, watch the training. Watch the training because I, I go more into food noise because to start understanding how to control food noise, you gotta understand your mind and you don't understand your mind right now. I promise you, you don't. And so once you understand the conscious subconscious mind and how they operate, now you start to have an idea and an opportunity and a chance of being able to influence your mind. But right now, you have no idea how your mind works, right? You wanna change, well, no, so now maybe you're on to Monday. Monday, I'm gonna start my keto plan. Well, what's that plan? That you're gonna force yourself to act and eat a certain way. And trying to fight against yourself and force yourself to do something doesn't work long-term. You have proven this to yourself, okay? So again, the only path I've seen work consistently is you've gotta change how you're thinking and what you're thinking. And so if you watch that training, it'll give you a much better explanation than I could give you here. It's all free, by the way, it's all free. So you, you opt in, the hypnosis session's free, the training's free. But I'd suggest you watch the training if you're serious about wanting to get a handle on food noise, because you absolutely can, okay? You absolutely can get a handle on the food noise. Um, Bright Future, are you feeling better? I am feeling better, I'm feeling really good. It's Friday, I've had a, my week's been good and bad in the sense that uh, we had Monday off, Tuesday, it was a snow day for my kids, so that, that was kind of shot a little bit. Um, Wednesday, something happened. Oh yeah. So, so Wednesday, half my day got sucked up with something yesterday. Half my day got sucked up with something and today my day got half sucked up. So it's all, it's good stuff, but, um, I had a lot of work stuff I'd wanted to get done that, that just didn't happen. So who cares? Anyway, anyways, though, but it, it set me up for next week being great. And, uh, yeah, Jody says great coaching week, Jim. Yeah. Right. Jody, we had, we had a good week this week for sure. They really were. We're referring in, in program yourself. Then, um, one version of the program is coaching. You know, people we literally work together. There's a coaching group and, um, man, it is just cooking. It is cooking, right? We've we got a lot of people in there now. It's, it's, um, it smart, intelligent people, uh, just killing it, you know, just, just doing good. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Those coaching calls lately. Um, they always are, they're always interesting, but lately they've just been extra good. Um, as Astrid say, next week's gonna be a better week. Yeah, for sure. And again, it hasn't been a bad week. It's been kind of, it's been fun in one way, but just not, I didn't achieve the things I'd wanted to get done, but but that's okay too. Um, but yeah, next week I'm all set up because now I got, I got everything set up. The new computer, new monitors, new cameras, every, everything's kind of set up right. So um, that'll be good. 
because it's annoying when that stuff's not working right. Hannah says, I feel like I'm always thinking about food and weight. Oh, yeah, sure, Hannah. I mean, everyone here probably is constantly thinking about food and weight. That's the pretty much my client. My client, I always define him as an overthinker. I'm an overthinker. Um, recovering perfectionist and pretty much every client that I that I work with that joins the program is an overthinker and usually somewhat a perfectionist. So the overthinking is not the problem. It's what you're thinking. And so, yeah, you are always thinking about food and weight, which isn't necessarily the problem. It's the way you're thinking about it that's the problem. And the reason why is because you're focused on the problem of food and weight. You keep asking questions like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get myself to eat better? Why do I keep eating the bullshit? Why can't I lose weight? Why can't I stick to a plan? Why do I keep doing this? And as soon as you ask a question like that, your brain starts to answer the question. Someone was on here yesterday saying that they're like, why, um, how is, why is it so hard to, to drop the last five kilograms? You know? And so if you ask the question, why is it so hard to drop the last five kilograms? Well, you've already just accepted that it's hard. And now your brain starts coming up with answers. Oh, it's hard because you're lazy, because you've always been an overeater, because you always struggle to give up sugar, because this, this, this. And it's just, what happens is, you know, 95% of your thinking is in response to questions you're asking. You don't realize this. And, and most of the questions you're asking are problem oriented. And so what you're getting, this is literally hypnosis. You're just constantly reinforcing all the reasons why it's hard or why you suck or why you can't lose weight or why it's difficult. So when you divert all that energy towards solutions, everything changes. So if Hannah, if you start asking questions, not, not to try and stop thinking about food and weight, but start asking, how can I lose weight in an easy and comfortable way? How can I improve my eating so I reduce the calories and still feel satisfied? How can I enjoy the process of moving more and having the weight just fall off magically? Now, again, I, I know you don't have any answers to this, but you're not asking these questions ever. So how would you ever get the answers to it? You know, you got to stick with it a little bit, but the answers will start coming. And once you get these answers, everything changes. I sit before you as someone who has figured out solutions, genuine solutions to my old problems. So I'm not still stuck mired. A diet is not a solution. Do you understand? A diet's a bandaid on a gunshot wound. You're just forcing yourself to fight against yourself for a little while. And then you go back to what you always do. A solution is when you change the way you think and behave. And that lasts. You know, and so that's the big difference. So it's not about stopping thinking about food and weight. It's about thinking about it in a more effective way is what I would suggest. Uh, what's up, Vicky? Yeah, fellow, fellow Greek, right? I'm kind of Greek. <laughs> As I'm finding out. Thanks, Vicky. Uh, um, let's see. Carol says, what do I put in my mind instead of the programming I'm receiving? Yeah, great. That's a great question. That's what everyone should be asking. That's the magical question. You know, you've got to take control of this because your whole life you have passively been programmed. Unless you have learned mental programming, <laughs> you know what I mean? You are literally, you're passively being programmed by the culture, by society, by your parents, by your friends, by people you know, the environment, and you're just at the mercy of it. And here you are, all you do is think about losing weight and, and you can't do it because you're subconsciously programmed to be overweight. So we've got to change the subconscious programming. So what do you put in your head instead? Well, again, it starts to become these solution-oriented questions. How can I make this enjoyable? How can I start being the person I want to be? Who do I want to be? How about that question first, right? I saw, I thought I saw Paula here. We were talking about, um, in Program Yourself Thin, really what happens is, yes, it's about weight loss, but we go deeper. You know, So Program Yourself Thin is an inside-out approach to weight mastery. And it really, it's a really focus on the self-image, your identity. That's what we're really ultimately looking to shift. 
to shift your identity as someone who's overweight and struggles with weight and is a sugar addict and all these other things that you've been telling yourself into someone who is thin, healthy, and happy. And it's easy and natural for you. And I know it sounds almost impossible, but when you focus on becoming the person you want to be, not just acting differently. See, because every time you diet, you never think that you're changing. You just force yourself to behave differently. But it always feels like you're battling yourself, doesn't it? Because you are. You're battling your subconscious programming. And so we want to go to the subconscious mind and change the programming. We want to start thinking of you at your best. And the first step to doing that is like, who the hell do I want to be? Because you haven't questioned that. You haven't thought that. You've just accepted, I'm this overweight person. I'm this person who struggles with eating. And, and you've, you've identified to the level of identity, which is like the deepest level of, of our, our mind, is who you think you are. And so if you think you're an overweight person, diet yourself silly. You're going to keep gaining weight. So we've got to change your identity. We've got to change your self-image. And part of that is figuring out who you want to be. Who are you at your best? Right? So when, um, I think it's Kara, Kara Elizabeth, yeah. Um, when Kara says, what do I put in my head instead? You put in your head who you want to be, how you want to behave, how you want to look, how you want to live, how you want to feel. Do you see what I'm saying? Like you start asking, who do I want to be? And you get obsessed on it. You get fixated on it. Now, this is where the truth, you've got the truth on your side because it feels better to be the best version of you. It feels better to eat healthy, to live healthy, to look good, to feel good. It feels better to do that than it does the temporary pleasure of the food. But you've got to start programming your brain. You've got to start obsessing and focusing yourself on those questions and on that stuff to put into your head. And then things start to be completely different. But you're not doing any of that. When you go on a diet, you're not doing any of that. You're just saying, okay, now I can't eat carbs. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, the exact same, you know, Einstein said it, that the same level of thinking that creates the problem cannot solve the problem. So every time you diet, you're not changing your thinking. You're doing the exact same shit that hasn't worked before and that's created the problem and you just keep doing it. So the big difference ultimately is going to be changing your mindset. That, that's the only thing I've ever seen work for someone to, to, to change your weight. Um. H-bomb, social media definitely makes it so hard, exposed to so much. I totally agree. It's a mindset. Thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, social media, again, everything's good and bad, social media included. I mean, here I am. Right? We're on social media right now. But as you can imagine, this is one of the more positive social media channels, right? Um, a lot of the stuff is very negative, no doubt about it. And especially when it comes to weight loss, you're just, you're always getting the all or nothing thing. You're getting outliers and extreme people that just like are obsessed with how they look. And you're watching that thinking that's who you want to be. And it's not even who you want to be. You know, again, that's what I, we go back to what I started with. If your only goal, the worst weight loss um, goal is to just want to lose weight. If that's your only goal, good luck, good luck. You know, good luck with it. And when, when it doesn't work after decades more, come back, I'll be here and I'll help you. But, but if your only goal is just to lose weight, I can almost guarantee you're going to struggle and fail long-term. That, that's just what I've seen. I'm not going to bullshit you, okay? Um, Julian says, lost like nine pounds in the last month by changing beliefs and mindset. So powerful, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Let's take a little screenshot of that. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. Like it doesn't, See, see, how about this? We'll even go a step further in terms of the mindset and the diet. Dieters want it to be hard. You want it to be hard. You want the hardest weight loss plan you can find because you associate that with the fastest results. Dieters are always, op they're always organizing around the fastest weight loss. That's their criteria, right? You're not just saying, I want to lose weight. You're saying, I want to lose weight as fast as possible. You know, and so what that means, the only way to lose weight, the fastest way to lose weight is the most extreme way to lose weight. 
And so subconsciously you're oriented towards looking for the, you want weight loss to be hard. So I would suggest that you start looking for easy ways to lose weight. You never do that. You never ask that question. And you don't ask that question because you say, oh, what's the point? So I'll make little changes. They're not going to matter. They're not going to be fast enough results for me. But here's Julian, right? He starts changing some beliefs and minds. I know Julian's been, been here. I, I see Julian all the time um, showing up here, starting to think differently. And now nine pounds go down. It, it, like I see results like this all the time. And if you if I only lost four pounds in the last month, who gives a shit? It was easy. And you're on the right path so you can maintain it. You know, again, it's all, it's all mindset. It's all a mindset thing. And it says, thanks. I love this. I'm glad. I'm glad you appreciate it. Um, Bright Future, I used Dallin Carr for smoking. Is his weight loss program similar to yours? Um, yeah, Alan Carr. You know, that's it's funny you ask that. I, you know, and I, I got that book too because I love Alan Carr. And and I the, the smoking one was really good. And I, I feel like I remember reading the weight one and it did not leave a great impression on me. I'll have to re, I'm going to reread it again because I, I love Alan Carr, but I didn't see it. It just didn't, it didn't seem to have the same effect, right? His smoking one is very popular. The weight one was different. And I think this is a whole story. I was having this conversation the other day with someone who is in the hypnosis world. I, you know, listen, hypnotists usually start out as generalists. I did too. And what I came to realize is you can't be a generalist and be good. And so what I decided pretty early on is that I was going to really focus on weight mastery. That was going to be my main thing. Because weight mastery and being an expert in hypnosis are two different things. And so, you know, I, I've done over almost 6,000 private weight loss sessions now at this point. Um, I'm just obsessed with this stuff. So I'm wrapped up in weight mastery. I don't know if Alan Carr was. So again, I know he was a smoker. You know what I mean? So I don't know what his personal experience was with weight, but I know the weight, it's certainly not as, as popular as the other one. And I feel like I read that and it left me kind of underwhelmed. So you check it out, check it out. You know, if you used it for smoking, you, you got a predisposition to like his style probably. But check it out with weight and let me know what you think. And I'm going to get his book too and I'm going to read it again. Um, Erica says, big craving yesterday. Told myself I could have it in 30 minutes. By then the craving had passed. Hey, Erica, there we go. That's a lesson for all of us. Okay, remember, cravings follow an upside down U shape. Remember this because it doesn't feel this way when you're having it. And so remember, cravings go whoop, you know, and when they're going up, it feels like they're going to go up forever. They're not, I promise you. Um, your nervous system doesn't, it can't just keep going up and up and up and up and up and up, right? We have limits of things. So the craving will go up and then it's going to go back down. It goes up, peaks out, goes back down. And Erica, the more you experience that, the more times you kind of, this is why we program yourself thin. The main emotion or state we use to succeed is calm. The more calm you are, the better your results are going to be. Because the more calm you are, the more effectively you can handle the craving and you can sit present with it. Because what is a craving? I suggest you practice this. This is a great exercise to do. Next time you have a craving, you look forward to it and you just sit present with it. It's almost like a meditation. And you think whatever you're craving on, just kind of sit there and keep yourself relaxed and calm and stay present, pr stay aware. What is a craving? You know, And then watch it go up and then watch it fade away and disappear. That, that's a very common experience. And so when you start when you stack up a couple of those, your brain starts to, starts remembering, oh yeah, it's just a craving. It's not a big deal. You know? So, so again, if we, but if we're tense and we're stressed and we're freaking out and we're depleted and we're tired and all of a sudden we start getting a craving, we, we can't, we can't deal with it. You know, we don't have that insight, we don't have that perspective. So again, so much of, so much of your weight, again, cause your weight, what most people do, I call this the, the weight mastery equation, but there's your weight. And what affects your weight on a physical level most directly is what you're eating, 
and what you're exercising, but it's primarily what you're eating. And this is where most people stop. And this is why they say, okay, well, I need a diet or a workout plan. I'm going to force myself to do it. And that's pretty much most people's weight loss plan in a nutshell. With Program Yourself Thin, we recognize this as well, but then we, we go a step deeper. What is leading to what you end up eating? Why are you eating what you're eating? That's the big question to me, right? Because you're sitting here and you've got the same nutritional knowledge in your head. You know, Ben and Jerry's ice cream make me overweight and I want to lose weight. And so sometimes you eat it, sometimes you don't. What's the difference? That's what I'm fascinated about. Because what's the difference? Why do you sometimes make good decisions, sometimes poor decisions? And you don't know. It's You're very superstitious about you. I don't know. But I do know. It's depending on your state. Sometimes you're relaxed, calm, focused on your goal, motivated, you know, and it's easier to make the right decision. And then other times you're tired, you're exhausted, you just fought with your boss, you just, you know, you're, you're pissed off, you know, you're worried about your job and all of a sudden you make the wrong decision. So, so much of what's, so we got that same equation. We got your weight, we got the eating, but then we go a level deeper and we focus on your state because it is your state that's ultimately dictating what you eat. It's not your knowledge of nutrition. You're not like eating the right, you're not eating the wrong foods because, oh, I didn't know ice cream was, was not good for losing weight. You, you already know that. You always know that. The difference whether you eat the, the right or wrong thing comes down to where you're at emotionally. How do you feel? If you're motivated and excited and calm and centered and peaceful, you're probably gonna make the right decision. And if you're not, you're probably gonna make the wrong decision. And so what is your ability, now that you know that, what is your ability to influence your state? Do you have a strategy? Do you know how to go from stressed out, freaking out to relaxed and calm? You know, but that's the thing that's dictating your weight more than anything else. You don't have to give up carbs. Keto is such a crock of shit, man. I, I, I just, I don't like the, I, I try to be positive, but the, the keto thing, come on, come on. It's, it's like, stop it. And I know you try, if you're a keto person, you don't want to hear this, but it's like, you got to stop deluding yourself. I'm not, I'm not questioning that you can lose weight doing keto. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you're not going to be able to stick to keto. No one can stick to keto long-term. No one. There's always a couple outliers, but the vast majority of people cannot stick to keto. And keto is no more superior than any other diet. They did a huge study. They compared low fat to low carb. It was the same results. Keto lost a little more in the beginning, but then they fade off and then it all evens out, which no one loses weight with either of them, <laughs> ultimately. But, um, you know, anyways, the, the point being that, uh, you know, the more calm and relaxed you are with everything, the easier time you're going to have, the more effective results will be. You know, but great job, Erica. That's a, that's a big realization. So remember that focus on that. It's a big, big deal. Sonny me says food is very comforting. Food is very comforting in the moment, in the moment, you know, but when you zoom out and look at food, how comforting is it? Right. You eat, let's just say you love ice cream, whatever your, your kind of food is in the moment when you're reading it, it's very comforting for those 20 minutes, hour. And then there's the consequence of that eating. And once that eating behavior is over, once it ends and you're done eating, how comforting is it? Is it comforting or is it a stress inducer? Right? Is your, is your weight, does your weight comfort you? Being overweight, are you com comforted by that or is it a stress in your life? Right? So you got to look at the big picture. Yeah, of course, in the moment, hey, shit, drugs are comforting. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like a lot of gambling might be comforting, right? Like lots of things are comforting in the moment. So if we, if we zoom in with our perception and just say, oh, the eating's really comforting. Okay. I'm not going to argue that. But if we zoom out and look at reality, 
Is being overweight comforting? Is worrying about your health comforting? You know, is feeling bad about yourself comforting? And that part's not. So again, everything is good and bad. The food is good and bad. It's comforting and it causes a lot of pain in our lives. Which one you focus on is the one that's going to feel more real. So, you know, yes, food is comforting, but I don't want to use food for comfort. I'm not d denying that food's comforting. I don't want to have to rely on food as my main source of comfort or I'm going to be in big trouble. So again, I, I don't disagree, but but it's like, it's a question about that. Um, thank you, Scarlett. It is a good point about comfort. I've never made that point either out loud. That makes a lot of sense though, right? When you zoom out and look at it, yeah, it's, it's probably the main source of stress in your life and discomfort. Right. You probably wouldn't need to comfort yourself with food as much if you were happy with your body and, and at your goal weight and had things under control. You know, so again, it's how we look at things. It's always how we look at things. Um, Andrew says this is very helpful info. Thanks. You're welcome, Andrea. Mackenzie, how to bounce back quickly after a pleasure eating turns into pleasure days because of leftovers. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I'm dealing with that now with pizza, right? So I make like I get this pizza oven and I love pizza and it's it's so good. But I've, I've started to notice my little trick where I'll make like an extra pizza, right? And then there's pizza in the fridge for a couple of days. And um, I've been eating it, but I've been eating it within... It, it, so, so I'm not, I'm not adding on to the calories. I just substituted what I would typically eat. I don't think it's the best choice for me. So I think you're right about that. But Mackenzie, I think even in your question, I think you one of the benefits you have is you have pretty good awareness, Okay, so yes, the leftovers, the pleasure isn't, the pleasure eating doesn't seem to be so much the problem. It's having the leftovers afterwards. And so maybe, you know, you either make less, so you have left, you, you know what I mean? You get more accurate about how much you're cooking, so you don't have leftovers. That's what I'll do with the pizza. I did it this week. I only had half as much leftovers, but I, I don't want to have leftovers. I, because, I, because again, it goes back to the comforting thing. How do I get the most enjoyment possible out of pizza? And for me, it's like when I eat it at my goal weight, and I eat it in a controlled way. If all of a sudden I start like eating pizza all the time, that's not enjoyable to me. Yeah, it tastes good, but it's not really enjoyable. That's a, I gotta make, the, I just got a good idea for a video here. Let me just write this down real quick. <laughs> it's not easy always coming up with ideas for videos. So when, when Inspirato strikes, you gotta write it down. Very good. Um, so, so yeah, so, so you got to look at the big picture. And so, so what I would say, Mackenzie is, and this is, this is the beauty of being strategic. You see me like, we're not going to, we're going to set ourselves up for success. And so to me, you know, I always like to say an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of willpower. And so what I want to do, if I was in your situation, I'm, and I'm in the same situation with the pizza is that I'm going to refine how I'm making the pizza. So I eat the pizza that one night and then I'm done. I don't have any leftovers. And I would suggest you do something similar. Start, uh, start optimizing how you're making the food and make the portion more accurate. So you eat it on the pleasure day and then you're done. And I think that solution is easier than thinking you're going to have leftovers than trying to fight against the cravings for leftovers the whole time. But do you see that? That way of thinking, it's all focused on prevention. And dieters are always focused on thinking they're going to use willpower for everything. And, and that is one of the core reasons you're struggling. But that, that's a great question, Mackenzie. Um, tree Dunham, I have changed my belief in water before it was boring. Now it's my preferred beverage. Yeah, that's a great realization. And I, I can't, I've gone through that. So many of my clients have gone through that where we have to re, I just never valued water. I never drank it much growing up. And it was, I would say water is probably my, my number one most challenging habit I had to, to install. It took the most effort and work. And even still, I have to really manage it. 
Um, but yeah, you can do it. And now that you think about it differently, it's easier to, to do it, you know, and, and that's a great job though. That, that's a good job. Um, let's see. Kara says, this is so interesting. I've always been thinnish. I don't, I didn't worry about food after I had babies, my body changed, life got more stressful. I started asking myself what is wrong with me because I couldn't get back to my pre-baby weight. My thinking had changed, but I didn't realize it. Yeah. There you go, Kara. Right. <laughs> that's exactly it. Your thinking changes, you know? And, um, it happens so subtly and we're never focused on this. Listen, again, the way I like to dis describe diets, and I mean I mean, literally, how do I know this? How do I know every single weight loss thing you've done it all has one thing in common? How can I say that and be right? Because I know every single weight loss attempt you've ever done, diet, workout, it's always someone telling you what to do. And no one is ever showing you how to get yourself to do it. No one. And so that really is the mindset piece. And so we're almost blind to the whole mindset aspect of weight loss. We just don't think about it. And we just sit within our shitty mindset because most people, you know, they want to lose weight. They have a dieter mindset. They're literally trapped in a mental prison that the diet, it's a diet mindset. And so you literally just can't, you can't think other ways. You can't see the mindset problem. And it's always a mindset problem, always. And so now that you realize that, Kara, just by recognizing that, now you're way closer to finding a solution. If we can't, if we don't know what the problem is, we can't fix it. And that's where a lot of dieters are doing. They think the problem is their willpower. They think the problem is they don't have the right diet. I'm telling you, that is not the problem. The problem is you do not know. You've never learned how to influence your mindset. Which is, again, that's why I say, go to programyourselfthin.com. You can get the hypnosis session there. It's free. And then watch the training I give you. That's free too. Okay, but you'll have a much richer, deeper understanding of what's going on. Again, this always shocks me because you're all, everyone listening here is smart. I, and I, I don't say, now you know what? I can't say you're smart, but I know you're an overthinker. I know you're an overthinker if you're listening to me. I know I talk fast and I'm talking about all sorts of shit and, and only overthinkers can, can handle it. And so I know that it's gotta bother you because you overthink weight loss. All you think is food and weight for decades at this point. And if you're really honest with yourself, the truth is you know as little about how to actually lose weight and keep it off now as you did before you started your first diet. You're never learning the core things you need to learn. And that's why you're struggling. And so I get out here. The reason this is so important to me is A, weight to me is life and death. That's first of all. Um, but B is that people are internalizing that the reason they haven't lost weight is because there's something wrong with them, that they're broken in some way, that they can't do it. And what happens, I see a lot of people that are struggling with their weight that never mind just the physical issues of the weight, it's the mental emotional pieces of feeling hopeless, feeling like I've done everything and nothing works. That is not true. You have not done a mindset approach, guaranteed. And until you do a mindset approach, you haven't done everything. And you're gonna find that the mindset approach is, is I'm not saying it's the easiest thing. I'm not saying that. Diets seem easy. That's why you love them, right? <laughs> Diets are like carnival games, right? They, they make something that's difficult seem easy. And we love it. Dieters love it. They just, uh, oh, just give up carbs, right? What, what could sound easier than just stop eating carbs? It's just one thing. It's so simple, right? But the flip side of stop eating carbs is completely change your eating, completely change your, your food um, and your lifestyle, you know, and it's like, that's a lot harder. <laughs> so um, the diets are always screwing with your head because they're they're tricking you, you know? Mackenzie says, same, it's pizza for me too. Oh, that's funny, yeah, see? So again, you, you, again, you, you don't set yourself up to like the next day have to say no to the pizza, 
right? Because now you get carb cravings and those are kind of fired up and all the rest of it. So you make it easier. And, and again, it's a process. I'm sitting here. All I do, I, I do this shit for 30 years. And I'm in the same boat. All of a sudden I get this pizza and now I'm making more pizza. So it's like, I got to take a step back. How can I set myself up for success? I'm not saying, how can I have all that pizza there and not eat it? Do you understand? Like, I'm, I'm trying to share this with you guys because I'm telling you, you could take my, if you could take my brain and put it in any of your bodies, we'd start losing weight instantly, instantly, instantly. And it's not because of my willpower. It's because I'm very, very strategic with how I approach my weight mastery. I'm not, I'm not a willpower master. If I'm hungry, I end up eating the wrong shit. I manage my hunger. I manage my eating structurally. I manage my mindset. I manage my lifestyle very, very strategically. That's why in Program Yourself Then, we go through the weight mastery blueprints, which are really just strategies for a mindset, lifestyle, and eating that fit you. You know, and if you had that information, you'd be way better off in mastering your weight. But you don't have any of that. All you're trying to do is just drastically change your eating in one day. You know, and it's just, it's, it's, uh, you're woefully unprepared. You're bringing a, you know, a stick to a, a bazooka fight. You know, you're just not, not ready for it. Um, that's a good question. Leftovers. Yeah. Yeah. Again, leftovers, you gotta be, you gotta be strategic with it. Um, if you can be, and then, you know, again, if there's going to be leftovers, you know, there's, there's strategies around that as well. Um, and part of that just gets down to, uh, you know, the way that you, that, that's more of a mental programming thing as well. Now, of course, in programming yourself, then we use all of these things in concert with each other. But um, again, when I get here, I'm just trying to give you like simple answers just to just give you a different perspective is my main goal. Because as a dieter, you're trapped into a dieter mindset in ways you cannot even imagine. You, you're, you literally don't even see the world the same way I do. None of us do, by the way. You don't live in reality. I just want y'all to know that. Um, reality is too overwhelming. So what we do is we have a part of our brain called the reticular activation system, which basically blocks out what's not important to us or what we don't believe in and brings into our awareness what we do believe in. And so, you know, you've heard of confirmation bias. This is kind of part of it, that we live in the world that we create for ourselves. So we all kind of live in our own world. But when it comes to weight loss, you live in the diet world. You think like a dieter. And that is that you, you've got to change that. You know, I think like a thin, healthy person and they're two totally different things. And I did not think this way all the time. I learned how to think this way. Okay. And I learned it from, you're never going to guess this. How did I learn how to think like a thin, healthy person? I began speaking with people that had had been overweight and lost weight and kept it off. I spoke with people that became thin, healthy people crazy. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, that, that, that revealed a lot. You know, but if you keep trying to think like a dieter, you're going to keep getting dieter results, which are fucking horrible. Dieters get, it's like a 95% failure rate, you know, but you don't know this because that's the only thing you ask, you ask a thousand Americans how to lose weight. You're going to hear diet, surgery, pills. You're not going to hear mindset. You're never going to hear mindset. So, and that's the biggest thing. Hello, Lisa. Hannah says, I know what to do to lose weight. I just can't seem to do it. That's right. Hey, I thank God you said that though, Hannah. You know, that statement alone, you're, you're miles ahead of, oh my God. I will tell you the most triggering statement for me is when people go, uh, Jim, I know what I need to do. I just need to get myself to do it. Well, then you don't, you don't fucking know what you need to do. You know what I mean? You don't know what to do if you can't get yourself to do it. That, that, that's the main part. You know what I mean? It's like me saying, I never played the piano. It's like, ah, I know how to play the piano, Jim. You, you just, you hit the keys in the right order at the right time. It's pretty easy. I just got to get myself to play the song. 
<laughs> well, yeah, that little part, the little aside you made is the whole story. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I understand the techniques of, I understand the mechanics of playing a piano, but can I turn those mechanics into actually playing a song? You know? And so, yeah, you're right. At least, Hannah, now you're on the right track. Because, again, I always say awareness precedes change. You're not, you're not aware enough. I'm telling you folks, you are trapped in a dieter mindset and you, you can't even see which way is up. So the first step is realizing what you don't know. And that's one of the hardest steps, to be honest. But yeah, I just can't seem to do it. And so the question becomes, how can I get myself to do it? That's the magical question. Dieters aren't asking that. Dieters saying, okay, tomorrow's no carbs. Okay, okay, no carbs, no carbs tomorrow. Right? They're not saying, how can I make it easy? Because if it was me, let's just say I wanted to be keto. If I approach keto, I would never start just keto tomorrow. I would start with, okay, let me start with breakfast. I'm going to go keto for breakfast and get, get that locked down. And then I would go, okay, now I'm going to work keto for lunch. And then I'll get that locked down. Then I'll go, okay, let me get that keto for dinner. Let me figure that out. Because I would do it strategically, moment by moment. But you, you know, all or nothing. I want to do it, Jim. I got to do it all the way. I'm all the way guy. Okay, how's that working out for you, though? How's the all, the, all or nothing been working out for you? Well, it never works out for me. Oh, and I do it, Jim. I lose a lot of weight. Well, how long do you do it for? A couple weeks, a couple months. Then it's not working. <laughs> you know what I mean? You zoom out. It's not working. And of course, I would never do a keto plan. But uh, <laughs> um, can you talk about being comfortable with mild hunger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a good point because I do think you have to manage your hunger. Okay, that's the first thing I want to say because the biggest mistake I see with dieters, the number one like tactical mistake I see dieters making is they try and skip meals because they want to cut the calories down, right? So the classic thing I see is someone coming in and say, hey, breakfast and lunch are going great, Jim. I'm having trouble in the afternoon and night. Everything falls apart. I say, well, what do you eat breakfast and lunch? Nothing. Well, what do you want to eat for the rest of the day? Nothing. Okay, well, that's not going to work. You got to eat something, right? But if we skip breakfast and lunch, what happens is we get so hungry that now we can't control our eating. So the problem is in the afternoon that you can't control your eating. The problem is you're not nourishing yourself enough during breakfast and lunch to keep yourself in a state where you can keep making good food decisions. Okay, so the first step here is you've got to manage your hunger. Okay, but that being said, if you want to lose weight, you are going to feel at least a mild hunger, most likely, because you're changing what you're eating. So it feels a little weird um, and it's just different. So how do you deal with mild hunger? How do you be comfortable with it? Miss Raven, that's a great question, by the way. I just want to point out, wonderful, wonderful question. Why? Because words matter. And so the, I want you, though, I want you to start asking this question to yourself. I want you to start saying, how can I be more, more, not being comfortable. That defines it's like a, a binary switch. I'm either comfortable or I'm uncomfortable. But comfort's a scale. Okay, so I want you to start asking yourself this question. How can I start to be more comfortable with mild hunger? And I don't know if you're still here, but let me ask you that question. I want you to think about it. And anyone can f f f ask this question to yourself. And I would love to hear what you say, because I want you to notice that the quality of your thinking is dependent on the quality of your questions. And I, ha I hate to say this, but the quality of your questions is... <laughs> You're asking shitty questions all the time. So, Miss Raven, you're at least, the way you asked your question was great. Because you could have said, can you talk more about why I get so stressed out every time I get a little bit hungry, right? And so, that's a totally different question. So, I'm going to put it all up to you. What do you all think you could do? How could you be more comfortable 
when you are mildly hungry. When you know you've nourished yourself, you've got enough calories in, you're good, but you're feeling a slight hunger. How could you feel more comfortable with that? I'm gonna let you, if, if anyone has any ideas, I'm gonna let you write those in for a second. Um, and there's no right or wrong answers because again, it's always up to us. I mean, I know what would make it more comfortable for me, but I want you to realize that you already have some ideas of what would make it more comfortable for you. And this brings me to a big point that when it comes to weight loss, you all have given up your power. You've stopped thinking for yourself and you're now like, you've become this helpless little creature that can't figure out weight loss unless someone tells you what to do. I don't know what to eat. I don't know how to deal with, I don't know. You've stopped thinking for yourself. You've got to create your own weight loss plan. That's why I give you the blueprints. They're fill in the blank blueprints because you need to create a one, fit, one size fits one plan. Who gives a shit what I do? You know what I mean? It's about you, you know? Okay, so Karen just said, can I just drink 10 swallows of water? Yeah, absolutely. I use that technique all the time. You get mildly hungry and you drink some water? Yup, I almost guarantee that. Put some gum in. Here we go, right? There we go. That's what I'm talking about, right? We've got breathing techniques, yup. Find a hobby or distraction, yup, absolutely. I can realize that I'm never too off from an opportunity to eat again if I decide to, yup, <laughs> right, right? I take it to chewing gum. Yep. Yep. I think. Yep. Drink. Make sure I've had enough drink for the day. Yeah. Okay. So Ichbomb says, I think and that might make it worse. Maybe you're right. Right. But listen, if, if here's the thing, this is what I'm trying to tell you folks. Oh my God. And I like people in my program that this is what we always do. Cause first of all, as a dieter, you think you're going to start day one and you're just going to go right to your goal weight. Everything's going to be perfect. It's not. It's not. Your life's going to be the same fucking shit show. It's always good times, bad times, stressful times, calm times. That's what it's going to be. And so you have to recognize that you're going to do well, and then you're going to backslide. And then you're going to do well, and you're going to backslide. That's normal and natural and unavoidable. The difference is how do we respond to that? And as a dieter, you freak out. On the wagon, off the wagon. But program yourself then we just calm down and look at you all. Look at you all. Do you see what I'm saying? As soon as you ask a great question and you take two seconds to think about it, the, the strategies start flowing. I think they're all great. And if you, oh, I think, but you know what I think it makes it worse? Great, then do something else. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's a, thinking for someone might be great, and for another person may make it worse. This is what I'm saying. It's always about you. You need to create a one-size-fits-one plan because you're a unique little snowflake in a good way. <laughs> I don't want snowflake becoming a bad thing, right? But it's like you're, you're a unique snowflake. You're, you're a beautiful, unique creature who responds differently to things than everyone else. You know, you got to honor that. The more you honor yourself and ask better questions, the more you come up with strategies. So now you start to feel a little hungry because what were you doing before? You start feeling a little hungry, you start obsessing on it. You start freaking out because you get a little hungry. It's that upside down. Oh shit, am I hungry? Oh God, oh God. Uh, you know, and before you even get to the top of the U, you're already eating, you know? But what if all of a sudden you start feeling hungry? You say, oh, I'm feeling a little hungry. I'm going to go drink some water. I'm feeling hungry. I'm going to chew some gum. I'm going to go for a walk, right? Read a book, Kara says. Yeah, great. Those are great, right? Why? Because what does having a hobby, going for a walk, reading a book, what do those do, right? Those are all mindset. What they do is they shift your mind from being hungry to doing something different. And there's a lot of wisdom in that. Do you understand? Hear what I'm saying? Because what are you doing as a dieter? As a dieter, you are obsessed with food. Listen, the diets you're referencing are all run by the big food companies. Do you know this? This is so insidious. You're probably pissed off if you don't know this. But Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. The company that owns Atkins Food Products is the same company that owns Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnabon. The company that owns Slim, Slim Fast is the same company that owns Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream. 
These companies don't want you to lose weight. They just get you coming and going. And then when they get you with a diet, they're filling your head with fucking bullshit. <laughs> so your head's just mashed potatoes when it comes to weight. Like you have no clue what you're doing. You know what I mean? And it's not your fault. This is what pisses me off because it is life and death. And they don't give a shit. I don't think they want to kill you, but I think that they want to um, make money and killing you ain't going to stop them. Well, because, here we go. Sorry to get you a little more mad, but I got to let you know. The food industry is the same thing as the cigarette industry. What, Jim? Come on, now you're going too far. Oh, have I? <laughs> because RJR Reynolds and Nabisco have literally merged into the same company. The parent company of Kraft is Philip Morris. These guys left the cigarette company. They divested from cigarettes in the 70s, went into food with the same shit to make the most addictive product possible, to use the most aggressive marketing possible, and to sit on the signs of how unhealthy it is for us. There, it's literally, you understand the food situation we're in, you go back to the 60s and look at the cigarette in, in, situation. And so again, there's going to be food, there's going to be warning labels on food within 20 years. Don't wait for that to happen. Right? The cigarettes were just as deadly and addictive before the warning labels went on them. The same thing with the food, you know. But anyways, I, I, I digress. Um, but but notice you've got all this wisdom in you. This is what I'm talking about. You've got to access it though, and then the whole process changes. It becomes one not of trying to do this iron willpower bullshit, but it becomes one of understanding yourself, of being strategic, of being logical, of of doing things intelligently, learning, growing, evolving. You know. But all great great ideas. Great. I'm glad you guys all wrote this because they're all super good. Yeah. User 903 says, how do you keep up with a 1400 calorie diet? Um, I don't know. <laughs> that's a lot. That's not very many calories, you know? So I don't, I wouldn't recommend that necessarily. That's up to you. Um, but you know, why 1400 calories? You know, again, this is what everyone does is that diet or mindset where you got your average calorie consumption, which by the way, in America, it's estimated around 24, 2500 calories. And so the average dieter goes, oh, I got to drastically cut that. So I'm impatient. I need fast results. So I'm going to cut my 2,500 calories to 1,200 calories. So I'm going to cut 50% of my calories out and I'm going to be 50% less calories for the next five months until I reach my goal. No, you're not. No, you're not. And so I suggest, you know, and then you think I come back to maintenance. So I would suggest, you know, I, I wouldn't suggest a 1,400 calorie diet, but if it works for you, knock yourself out. But I'm at, I suppose you're asking the question because it's not working for you. So I would much rather go from 2,400 calories to 2,000 calories for a couple months and see what happens. And then once I get used to that, if I want to go lower, I'll go a little lower. But again, 1,400 calories, I mean, I don't have any secrets to do that. You know, I don't know how you would do it. It's really hard. Um, but great, great, great answers here. Drink water and tell myself that feeling of mild hunger is normal on my way to my goal. Andrea, I love that. I used to say this. Now, I want to preface this, okay? I want to make crystal clear um, that when I feel hungry and when I felt hungry when I was losing weight... I knew I had enough calories. I want to make that crystal clear. This is not an under eating, eating disorder technique. Okay. So this does not work for this, but if you're feeling hungry and you know, you've nourished yourself enough for the day, what you can tell yourself is that that mild hunger is literally the feeling of you losing weight. Mild hunger is the feeling of weight loss. So, so I like that, right? Because again, you are whether in, in the funny thing about hunger is that some of it's physical for sure. And some of it is mental. And so just because you change up what you're reading, your mind gets more primed to focus on the hunger and how you feel because it's different. And different things we can interpret in a lot of different ways. But so again, yeah, mild, mild hunger. What I know I ain't enough is the feeling of weight loss. Okay, is another thing you tell yourself. Um, find something to do. Probably bored of focusing on hunger too much. Yeah, Mackenzie, that's brilliant. That's absolutely true. Boredom meetings at the core of so much of it, right? 
Yeah. Gum, no sugar, hard candy, tea. Yep. Sometimes hunger is actually thirst. Absolutely. Right, folks? Um, our bodies misinterpret thirst as hunger a lot of times because evolutionarily we ate most of our hydration, right? We used to eat much more um, hydrated foods, right? Now we're eating a lot of processed foods that have no hydration in it. And so, yeah, absolutely. Great point, Gene. Yep. Um, it sounds so easy. <laughs> now, you know, again, I don't, I don't want to say that. I'm not selling snake oil. I'm, I'm not saying it's just like, it's, it's simple, but not easy. Right. But, um, it's a lot easier than you thought. Cause right now with your diet, it's just this all or nothing thing. You know what I mean? Like you get into it. It's like, a, it's like an endurance test, you know, endurance tests they do where it's like, you don't beat an endurance test. You just see how long you can go with it. And that's how you subconsciously think of the diets. And so what I'm talking about, again, the first thing I always try and put into people is that your goal is not to lose weight. Your goal is to get to your goal weight and live the rest of your life at your goal weight. Your goal is not to lose weight. It's to live at your goal weight. Those are two totally different things because if you just focus on losing weight, the finish line is getting to your goal weight. And when it comes to living at your goal weight, getting to your goal weight is the starting line. I want to live there forever. And this is, this, I know it may sound subtle. It's not just semantics. It's so, it's so different because once for the rest of your life, how long you want to keep the weight off for? How long you want to be thin and healthy for? Forever, right? So, so it's really important that you set yourself up for that goal. And a diet is not set up for that goal, you know? So again, I, I don't make it sound, it's not, it's not just like, you know, I don't snap my fingers and all of a sudden this happens. It, it takes work. I mean, you think, learn to think in a different way, but on the other hand, compared to dieting, it's a way easier. I always make this point that the irony is that weight mastery is way easier than weight loss because weight loss is all about like cutting 50% of the calories out day one, cutting carbs out 100% day one, stop eating for 16 hours day one, right? And it's like, it's so intense that it's overwhelming. And now you associate weight loss with stress and deprivation and pain. That's why you're not doing it. And weight mastery is about the 1% better a day. You heard me, even with the keto, if I was gonna do keto, which I would never do, but if I was gonna do keto, I would start off with breakfast. Let me lock down my breakfast first. Then let me do it my lunch. I would do it strategically. And I know, oh, well, I'm gonna do it, John, do it all at once. Why, what's your fucking rush? You've been overweight now for decades probably. What the fuck, what are you rushing about? <laughs> you know, there's a great quote that, People overestimate how much weight they can lose in a month and underestimate how much weight they can lose in a year. Take that to heart. If you're struggling with your weight and you're not in my program, you know, it's like, you got to wake up, wake up. You know, you've got to literally, you have to wake yourself up out of a trance. You've been put into a trance by the diet industry. It is the most accurate description of it. Um, yeah. Delay. Don't deny if possible. Absolutely. Another great strategy. I think the gum to avoid eating has become an addiction in itself. That's okay though. That's a, it's a healthier addiction. You don't eat the food. I'm learning to enjoy hunger. Yep, you can do that too. I need strategies for stress eating, please. You don't need strategies for stress eating. You need strategies to relax. Linda, you hear what I'm saying? Do you see the difference? Right? I need strategies for stress eating. Well, what, the strategies for stress eating would be to like get really anxious, don't sleep at night, get in fights with people you really care about, um, spend all your money so you're really anxious about that. So if you're looking for strategies for stress eating, I would say those are pretty good. <laughs> what things get you stressed out, right? What strategies do we got for stress eating? <laughs> I'm joking with you, Linda, but I'm just trying to prove a point that the question dictates the thoughts. Right. And so like, like literally if I was being very literal with your question, right. I need strategies for stress eating. Okay. Sleep two hours tonight. 
and then see how things go tomorrow. Um, you know, again, don't don't drink any water. Eat a bunch of shitty food tonight. Eat a bunch of like eat a cake tonight before you go to bed. That's a good one for stress eating, I'd say. Um, you know, again, call up your boss and say, "Hey, you're a fucking asshole." <laughs> That'd probably be a good one for stress eating. I bet you'll start stress eating if you do that. Well, I'm joking, right? But but again, what you really want is you wanna you wanna be able to relax more, right? You wanna be able to relax yourself, um, so you don't have to rely on the stress eating, so that you don't stress eat, right? Because the stress eating is not a bad thing. You're using the stress eating to relax or to distract yourself from the stress, the same thing. It makes you feel a little more relaxed. And so you have to stop demonizing your emotional eating and seek to understand it. You're doing it for a positive reason. Once you understand what that positive reason is, then you can start to find the solution. So you're, you're stress eating to relax. And so the question becomes, how can I relax in a more effective way without food? Now that's the part you don't have an answer to. But when you keep asking questions like that, you ain't gonna get to it. When you start really thinking for the next week, what are some ways that I can relax? What are some things I can do to relax? All of a sudden, you're going to have answers to that question. Okay. Um, I have made friends with hunger. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good one. I, I think you can make friends with hunger because, A, if you grew up in America, you probably don't even know what hunger is. You know, and again, obviously, people in America, there are people that have foods and insecurities that do. Um, but, you know, depending on how you grew up, you may never really know what food, like real hunger feels like. You know, so that's, that's an interesting thing. Um, so diet effectively and invest money in food companies. <laughs> exactly. Um, hi, late here. Did you get snow? I did get snow. It's been snowing. Yeah, it snowed all week and it's cold. It's cold. <laughs> I usually like the cold, but I don't know. I'm having a hard time with it this year for some reason. But losing weight is easy. Yeah, right. I really don't have an, enough idea why I'm rushing this. I ask myself all the time. It's crazy. <laughs> Exactly, right? I know we're in such a rush. And, and I'll tell you why you're rushing it. It's because you're conditioned to rush it. Every diet ad is the before and after picture and how long it took them to get there. So it's triggered you, it's conditioned you to think about weight loss and unrealistic expectations. And you're always in a rush. You're never calm and relaxed with your weight loss. You're, because again, what triggers your weight loss? This is, this is the whole thing. But when you think about weight loss, you, you're going into a stress state. Right, You have a, a parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest system, and you have your sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight, flight, or freeze response. When it comes to weight loss, you think about weight loss, you think about food, you're putting yourself into a fight, flight, or freeze state. And when you go into that state, you can't think clearly, okay? So um, a lot of times what's triggering your all weight loss is the, I call it the spontaneous pain event. And so you step on the scale, you see a picture of yourself, the clothes don't fit, someone says something shitty to you, you catch a reflection and you get so upset about it, they say, that's it, I've got to lose this weight. And now you jump into some extreme plan and um, you do it for a couple of days and then you don't do it for a couple of months. And, and it's that pattern over and over and over again. So um, yeah, when we calm down, when we that's why we program yourself then every day, part of the program is every day I deliver it through your phone. And so every day you start the morning, I send you a message, you wake up the message, you click on it and you listen to your five minute hypnosis session in the morning. Right? So that, that's my weight loss plan. Right? So it's like you start your day, do it right now. Take a second and bring your awareness into your body. Relax your face, especially your jaw. Oh. Relax your neck and your shoulders, especially your shoulders. Relax your chest and your stomach especially your stomach and breathe a little more deeply. Just calm down, relax for a second, right? Now, when you put yourself in this state, what happens is the blood goes back up to your brain so you can think more clearly, you know? What did you rush? Calm down. It's from this place is where you're gonna get the results you're truly after. 
you know? So we want to ground ourselves in this feeling and build out of this. And when you do that, just everything changes, you know? It's, a, it's, it's 180, you've never done this. You've never tried to lose weight this way. Every time you try and lose weight, it's this stress experiment, you know? It's overwhelming, it's stressful, it's hard, it's difficult, it's depriving. It's all the negative things, it's painful, just to simplify it. And we need to make weight mastery pleasurable because I would put out there that, that mastering your weight is the most pleasurable thing you could do in your life. To, to be at your goal weight in a way that feels good, where you're nourishing yourself, where you feel healthier, where you're more, you're happier, you're more energized, you're hydrated, you feel good. I don't know what's better than that. I really don't. So for me, the, the big difference between me and a dieter is that subconsciously I associate tremendous pleasure with mastering my weight and being the person I want to be. And dieters subconsciously associate pain to losing weight. And there's a ton of it. I'm not gonna go through it all now, but but that's the core problems. And what that means is you're you're always avoiding it. You think about it constantly, but subconsciously you're avoiding it. You know, so yeah, it, it's about calming down and, you know, building out of that feeling. I think of eating foods that don't give you cancer or diseases. Yeah, sure. I would flip that around though a little bit. Just, just again, this is a little thing, um, we, you could start there, but then I would I would want to flip that too. I want to eat foods that give me vitality and health and longevity. You know, it's just a more positive message. You know, um, but it might may make it easier. Stone like crazier. Lost my job, but determined not to stress eat. Okay, yeah. Well, Karen. Okay, let's just talk about that real quick. Um, not the snow. I don't know why the hell it's snowing in Delaware, but that's all right. But okay, we lose a job. All right, and we tend to get stressed out. Obviously. Um, however, what's going to get you? What's going to get you out of the stress is not the food, okay? What's going to get you out of the stress is getting a new job. And so what that leads to is taking action. And so the more calm and at, centered and at peace you can be, keeping yourself as calm as you can be, and, and I get it, I, I understand you're going to be more stressed because of that. But you calm down, you relax, you center yourself so that you can think clearly. Now is more important than ever that you think clearly, Right? You don't want to be thinking stressfully. So as much as you can, calming down, centering yourself, beginning to think more clearly, seeing things more clearly. And what's going to get you from where you're at right now to having a new job that's better is being able to think more clearly and taking action. Okay, So just remember that and, and as best you can keep that in your mind. Um, overweight fat is the least of your worries. Um, yeah, for sure. Hey, Jim, I've got to get back to my errands. Will this be uploaded to your podcast? Yes, this is always uploaded. Um, <laughs> thank you. Forget positive, that's hard. Yeah, being positive is hard for sure. Also, I set myself goal 1,800 calories, and if I eat 1,900, everything is ruined. Perfect excuse to binge. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So, so again, like what we like to say is don't let, the, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And this is what you're all doing, right? So it's like, you know, and what's funny is, I know like people that track, they only track when they're doing well, you know, so you don't have a real clear idea of how you eat, how many calories you eat when you're not tracking, um, but it's more than you think. And so 1900 calories is probably two, 300 calories less than you typically eat. So that's a success, you know, but again, we can look at things any way we want, but again, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. That, that, that statement is very important. Imposter syndrome is my worst enemy when trying to lose weight. Yeah, absolutely, Regina. I'm glad you said that because that's why we, in Program Yourself Then, we're really focused on the self-image. I, I can't, again, you wouldn't believe this because it's kind of counterintuitive, but my experience, and I've done over almost 6,000 private weight loss sessions, and I've just had 
just thousands and thousands of conversations. I mean, I, I, you all don't know this. Those of you that are in my program know it, but I mean, like I do this, I do literally like a podcast every day for usually an hour, hour and a half. Um, I do coaching calls every day. Uh, I do group coaching calls three times a week. You know what I mean? Like I am literally talking this stuff all day long. And so I know things about it that most people don't. And one of the big ones that a lot of people don't think about is that one of the most stressful times for dieters is when they start approaching their goal weight. Like, like they get five, 10 pounds from their goal weight and you think they would be over the moon. They are not, they're not. And it's simply, it's because of this reason. This is why we got to focus on the self-image. The self-image was created, well, not created, but it was, it was discovered or, or recognized by Maxwell Maltz, who was a plastic surgeon back in the 50s, 60s. So it was more plastic surgery to deal with deformities. And what he found is that he would fix these big deformities in people. And some of them would keep acting as if they had the deformities because they were just kind of used to thinking on that. So they still, even though deformity was gone, they still thought of themselves as having it. So you have to understand this with the weight. You can lose the weight, but you're, unless you do some work on this, unless you're actively, again, with program yourself then, we go through the six stages of the mindset and it starts with motivation because that's the, the engine that drives everything. That's the most important piece. But then the real work starts with changing your self-image. We're not just losing weight so you look different. We're changing from the inside out into a new version of you, the best version of you. And it's exactly for that reason. Because if you just lose the weight, because I, I can't tell you the number of conversations I had with people, everyone's lost weight and then put it back on. And I said, well, what happened? Right? When you lose the weight, it's not your genetics, it's not your willpower, not the plan, you know how to do it. So why do you put it back on? And the biggest reason I hear is people say, I didn't feel like myself. And so again, during the process of weight loss, you really have got to take into account how you think about yourself because you losing the weight is the least of it. It's you transforming as a person and that's gonna create some challenges in your relationships. You know, because your relationships are, are built on what you guys typically do and who you are and how you eat and how you think about food is a big part of all that. And so as you change that, it's it's weird and it's uncomfortable. You, I know I know you don't like being overweight, but you got to admit that you're familiar with it. You're, you're kind of comfortable. You know how to be overweight. You know how to get through the world, you know, by in the world being an overweight person. And so all of a sudden becoming a thin, healthy person is an identity shift and it's jarring subconsciously. And so you've got to deal with this level on some level. So again, you're not, you're not alone, Regina, okay? I want you to recognize it's completely normal and natural. It's called your self-image. If you want to read Psycho-Cybernetics, that's a, you know, you, could, you kind of read that. Um, and again, I'll say it one more time. Well, two things, folks. First of all, is I'd say go to my bio um, and click the link and get the hypnosis session I give you, but watch the training. It's about 30, it's all free. Um, it's about 30 minutes, but that'll go into more depth with what I'm talking about. And then I email you every day as well. But the second thing is follow me. I notice like I see a lot of people on the lives and then I notice a lot of people aren't following me, but yeah, you should absolutely follow me because I'm always putting videos out. So again, if you, if you follow me, all of a sudden my stuff just pops up and now all of a sudden, just by doing that, you, you've kind of made your weight loss, your weight more important to you. You're going to be, you know, triggered and um, reminded to focus on that. So anyways, there's two things to think about. Oh my God. Why our brain doing this like that? It's not fair. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, but you know, again, Really what happens is we have, what it all comes down to is we have these, the biology, the biochemistry, the neurology of people in a food scarce environment. You see what I mean? We're the product of millions of years of evolution in a food scarce environment. 
And now all of a sudden though, it's dramatically changed in 50 years where it's a food abundant environment and the food's totally different anyways. That's a whole other piece. Um, so we got this primitive biology and neurology and we haven't upgraded it. You've got to upgrade your mental software because your what you're born with and how you've been conditioned is making you an overeater and an overweight ultimately. And so, yeah, we've got to understand our brain and we do have all these cognitive biases and all these, these things hardwired into us that we've got to understand first and then learn to strategize around. That, that, that's the game. That's what Program Yourself then is I get, I, I would say in a nutshell, Program Yourself then is exactly that. It's understanding how your brain actually works and then working with it to get the results you want. What you're doing right now is you do not know how your brain works. And what you're doing is you're completely working against the way your brain works. You are not built to consciously control your eating. It's never gonna work. Your brain's literally not built. Trying to change your eating is like trying to remember to breathe. Like imagine you all of a sudden had to remember to breathe. We'd probably all die, okay? We're not built that way. We're built to be on autopilot. Changing your eating is like like deciding, oh, I'm going to brush my teeth with my other hand. Like you can do it, but it takes a ton of energy and focus and concentration to do it. And it's frustrating and annoying and tiring. And you're not going to want to do it long. And that's what dieting feels like. And that's what it's always going to feel like. Because you're not working with your brain the way it's wired. It's set up. You're trying to work against your brain. And that's why it's not working. So that is a good point. So, all right, everyone, got to get out of here. Um, I hope you enjoy this. Great questions today. Great, great, great stuff, right? Really good. So I'm, I'm glad that um, there were some good questions, some great, great answers. And the point of it being, if you, if you were here for that, is you've got that wisdom in you, okay? Start trusting yourself, right? I know that's the opposite of what a diet. I, I can't trust myself. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. The more you start honoring and trusting yourself, you're going to get to a better place, okay? So I, I hope you hear that. Um, and again, if you have not yet, go to my bio, click the link at the hypnosis session, watch the training, read the emails I send you. It's all free. Um, if you're really serious, you know, again, you can find out about the program. You can work with me um, at programyourselfthin.com. And there's a podcast, right? Listen to the podcast or watch it on, on YouTube. Um, the podcast every weekday is made up there and it's uploaded. And again, the more you listen to this, the more you get these concepts and ideas in your head, the, the easier time you're going to have. All right. So thank you so much. Have a super weekend and we'll talk soon. Bye.